started look at that we're playing hello welcome you are listening to thoughtless casual gaming with brett and chase we are a geelong based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk badly about playing said games badly uh badly squared we're badly at stuff we're badly good wait goodly bad goodly bad no neither of those work no but if we're badly bad, is that like a double negative and actually means it's good? So we can't be that either. Okay, just forget the last 30 seconds ever happened. <laughs> um, I do want to say thank you to everyone that listened to our last episode. We were absolutely graced by having Mitch with us um, and got to talk all things pop culture, which was which was lovely. And if you've tuned in expecting that level of quality again, oh, guys, sorry to disappoint. Just turn off now. Yeah. <laughs> Best, best just end that. But if you, for whatever reason, um, I was about to say if you're a regular listener of ours, I don't think we've got any. Don't be. Uh, <laughs> but if you liked what you heard last episode, by all means, check out Geek Dudes, which is another podcast that Mitch is on. Uh, they talk pretty much the same sort of things as what we talked last week, except they do it better. Uh, they are very not safe for anywhere in their own words. Um, so be prepared and for... don't be fooled when I tuned into the latest episode of, of Geek Dudes and the first, like, 10 minutes they talked about football. And I'm like... Yeah, no, no, no that's no, not usual. That, that whoa, they, they nearly lost <laughs> me at that point in time. But no, they, they, came, they turned that around. <laughs> that's that's not the usual. It's, it's very much what you heard. And I think Mitch even described our episode on Geek Dudes as pretty much Geek Dudes. So, yeah, very much so. Except maybe a little safer, <laughs> which is saying something. Wow. Um, I had to lift my game. Ah, well. Look, if you have tuned in for more of the same, no, we're going back to our regular scheduled <laughs> programming. Uh, so speaking of regular, Chase. I have been keeping up my fibre. Excellent. Good to know. Um, what hobby have you been doing, though? <laughs> have you been doing hobby or have you been focused on the fibre too much? It's, it's a new kind of sculpting. Let me talk to you about it. Anyway, <laughs> Not um, after I just take a mouthful of drink. God almighty. Uh, that almost went everywhere. I always like you more after you've taken a mouthful. But anyway, um, so hobby that I have done, this has gone south. So quickly. Um, let's three get back. minutes. Three minutes in, and I'm broken. Okay. <laughs> Shit. So, hobby things that I have done. I think the the first thing I wanted to kick on is. I'm like, seriously crying here. Like, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Where the fuck was I? <laughs> Right, One hobby. thing that you wanted but, to oh, something. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what that was, but that's cool. We'll come back to it. It'll, <laughs> it'll kick back. 
things I've bought because that's important for me. Yes. Um, and you'll, you'll appreciate because you'll tag in at this one as well. So, I mean, the, the first thing was I have mentioned over the last couple of episodes how I have been dabbling with contrast paints. So once again, I've bought some more of those because, um, and this will come later, but I was in my friendly local gaming store, Throw the Dice recently, because we have been allowed to do that and it's been the best thing in the world. Um, here, here. But yeah, it, it meant that I was able to pick up some extras and I am finding them creeping more and more into my regular way of painting now. It's it's becoming a legitimate thing. So I am definitely going to probably get more again. It's it's going to become a thing. But I am really enjoying those at the moment. Um, and then I had, in a Facebook chat the other day, I think it was only yesterday, it was maybe even today. I don't even know. If right. This is what I'm This is exactly what yesterday. you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine... Uh, our friend of ours, Chris, literally just tagged no, me in him. a message. Um, well, he's mine now. Because um, he tagged me in a message and it was just a photo of a, a a couple of boxes, clearly in a retail store with price tags and everything on them. It was things like the, the Diachasm box for some ridiculous price. It was like 60 bucks or something. Um, there was also the... Um, the Dark Elves from Underworlds, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. they were like 20, 30 bucks or something. It was something stupidly good. Um, but the shining gold, the diamond in that rough was a photo of the box of the Vampires Underworlds team. I take it back. I'm fighting for Chris. Um, so he, and he tagged me in this and I immediately said, well, where did you find these? To which some smart ass in the chat replied, well, the price tag says toy world. So take a stab. Uh, <laughs> okay. Smart ass. Um, so long story short, he was on a bit of a holiday with the family, wandered into toy world for something to do, saw these and just went, Hey, are you interested? And I said, look, if you're going to buy them, buy them. Don't, don't let me ruin your holiday. But if you are not going to buy them, buy them and then I will buy them from you. Um, so I have second hand Underworld's vampires coming my way because I couldn't say no. Um, and at some stage in the next week, I will catch up with Chris and do a bit of a handover and offer him whatever his heart desires really for what I maintain is the prettiest crew that G-Dub have brought out. So that was that was a serendipitous moment, uh, and in other ways, dull and dreary work today week. Um, other things, I woke up the other day and I had a couple of notifications from Kickstarter, and I literally opened the first one, and it was a new Kickstarter from Ian Lovecraft, who does a lot of uh, sort of uh, STL files for 3D printing. I've backed a lot of his stuff. He does a lot of really nice terrain. He's starting to branch into models and, and miniatures and stuff now. Um, but I have a lot of his work and he launched a new one. And because I literally opened this, the basically as soon as I got up, I had a crying child in the background saying, I need a bottle. I went, wait, I need to check my Kickstarter notifications. <laughs> Eight-month-old baby desperately Priorities. screaming for a bottle. You can just hold your horses. Um, 
so and that was still had the early bird discount so that got a back straight away and then i opened the second notification and my heart doth stop it was finally and i knew it was coming but i kind of forgotten exactly the timing and dates and stuff oh look it's been coming for months this is literally like the situation of my wife but anyway um the yeah the cool mini or not he-man and the masters of the universe board game that they have been promising to deliver via kickstarter forever and i've been thoroughly excited about and i got the notification to say it was finally live i backed it I sent the message to you saying it was finally live. You said you'd already received that message and backed it. So now we both have it. As far as <laughs> yeah, I got up early for work and, yep, I saw the notification and I thought, oh, okay, and I jumped on. I looked at the options and there's only two options, which is, I suppose I mean, that's, that's te- to be expected. Technically three. Yeah, well. <laughs> Back it because you love it. <laughs> Give the money for nothing or... So the base game with with all of the and it's cool mini or not they know how to do a Kickstarter and I have my phone has been going off just update after update of new stretch goals and unlocked things and like there will be a bit of boxes of shit that comes alongside with this mm-hmm. base game if you've backed it on Kickstarter because they're just f- firing through all this shit so you can buy the base game happy days or f- you can buy the base game. And the Castle Grayskull expansion, which oh, I really want an itty bitty Castle Grayskull. I know, I know, but that is double, double. the price. And frankly, I don't really want to spend three hundred dollars on a board game. So I have Masters one. I know. And even like, the, and apparently the little drawbridge drops down, and his mouth. And no, I've so far stayed strong. And look, this may end up bad in the pledge manager at the end of this, <laughs> um, because they've also unlocked the second expansion, which is the Shira uh, expansion. Yeah, um, I saw that. Are you keen on Shira? Look, I really like the ridiculous kind of token effort to attract females to what was <laughs> a fundamentally male dominated genre at that time. Um, and I think it's ridiculous that you have heroes like Perfuma. Um, yep. But I'm not sure that the mild amusement <laughs> I get from that is worth spending another 50, 60 bucks, whatever it is. Um so probably not. I mean, it's 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 definitely a, a come on Kickstarter. Like there is so much that they've unlocked already, and none of the thing that has so far surprised me a little bit is that all of these Kickstarter exclusives have been unlocked for the base version, not if you back the double one. Yeah. I, I fully expected something to say only if you get Castle Grace Everything, yeah. As well. Only if you throw a butt-ton of money our way. But, no, they've been really, really good about it. Mm. Um, and I am I'm basically getting these updates going, oh, shit, I used to own him. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, there is toys that I'd forgotten I once owned. 
that I no longer own because my siblings are jerks um, and ruin everything nice I had. Is I'd this making I had- you look at reacquiring? I, look, I really shouldn't. I, I don't need this expense in my life. Um, it's terrifying, frankly. <laughs> I'd forgotten that I owned Stonedar as a child and rock on, and I probably need them again. But no, I, if I have tiny little miniature versions I could paint, that that's enough. That's enough. Well, you'll soon have two of each of them that you can paint. <laughs> And look, it's it's very much like I said. It's very much a come on Kickstarter because they. I think. I mean, what did I? I jumped on about about seven o'clock in the morning, and they were well and truly already over their limit, over their you know funding. Yeah, it was back. Goal. Right, it was funded. Yeah, it's currently sitting at five times funded, so five hundred percent. Um, and there's still. 13 days to go. So, yeah. If you are interested, have a look. Kickstarter, Masters of the Universe. It does have He-Man, this version. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, so do the TV series. (coughs) Well, yes, for a moment. Anyway, continue. Anyway, that look, honestly, that's about all I've managed to, to throw money at in the last however long. I was in Throw the Dice looking desperately for more things to purchase going. There's just, I just, I don't need anything right this second. So I'm currently crafting a list of things I need that I can throw at Rich to order for me if he doesn't have them in stock. Um, so that was kind of the buying stuff. The... Other thing I just wanted to touch on really quickly is at the moment, Gen Con is obviously a thing that is happening. Um, and so while it's not really me doing hobby, I have just been absorbing update after update <laughs> between weird games and their Malifaux next edition oh, of course. the release. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new book is coming out for Malifaux, the next expansion. Um, and there is so much getting launched for that as well as a couple of standalone games. Um, the uh, Atomic Mass, the Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff that is slowly bouncing out, and Games Workshop did they, – they made my little day today. Like, again, it was just – it just lifted me up. Can we just, like, before we go any further, I just want to re- sort of stress the point. I mean, A, this is fantastic news – B, this is for a game that we have not had anything new apart from a book for 12 months. And they did what they should have done all along. They have basically just totally repented for all their sins, past, present, future, (laughs) and they released the video for the corn. Blood Bowl team. This is the team that was, I think it was a fan-made one originally. As far yeah, it's as originally, it's, concerned. it's originally a NAF one. I don't think it's made its way anywhere else. It made it into the previous version of the Cyanide game as an expansion. Okay. You had yeah. downloadable content for Corn and Britonia mm-hmm. um, in the, so not the current one, the one before that, whatever the fuck it was. Um, 
number one. And, and then it disappeared with the latest version and it has never been seen again um, until now. And the models are pretty. They are I glorious. I already have a corn team and they're mostly painted and I don't need to do this again. And that is a dilemma. Well, your corn team is very similar sort of models as yeah. a general rule, isn't it? To, to yeah, what they've released. It's actually pretty close because I used one of the original Age of Sigma starters, the corn side of that. Um, so it, it's, yeah, all the kind of corn – I don't know, Blood Reavers and stuff. And they've kind of used a very similar kind of aesthetic for these guys. So it actually fits in really well, I suppose. I've got original, like, Bloodletter Demons. They've replaced those with, um, like, corn gore-type situations. I think they're calling them best of gore, but they're very corny, um, which is the best thing in the world. And I we are yet to see if the Bloodthirster or Big Guy equivalent makes the cut, which would be very exciting. I'll be I'll be surprised if there isn't a big guy for the team, whether or not it's something new and exciting, or if it, they just add say the Minotaur in. Yeah, and that's almost what I'm expecting. Like, given mm. that the current is it the current team, have they got the option of the troll, the ogre, or the Minotaur? I think uh, I think they've got the option, but they can only pick one. I think so. And then the the other chaos team can take. Three of the big guys. Yeah. And they can take a rat ogre as well. So I as much I would love them to bring in the Bloodthirster. And even if they call it something different, because Bloodthirst is probably a little bit ridiculous for the scale of the game, but just, you know, a, a unique big guy with the same stats as he always had. Sign me the hell up. Um but there's also probably equal opportunity though to just drop in the Minotaur and move on from there. Which is not the worst in the world. Look, there's been rumours of this happening and I don't think anyone was overly confident that the rumours would come about. <sighs> what was the the star player? The Sigler. They, yeah, they, they announced him, what, a couple of months ago, a month yep. or two ago? Yep. And he's very cool, mate. And um, that, I think, started everybody thinking, oh, hang on. Maybe, maybe they have. Maybe they've done it. Yeah, but yeah, at the very least, you could—I'm sure you could use him as your big guy. Yes, keep it in theme because that's um, that's a pretty model. I like it. That is model. he is nice. Um, what is possibly even more exciting is what Grebo will and eventually release, <laughs> uh, and then and then what kind of fluffy animal version they will release. There will be one for sure. So excited. Anyway, um, so I think, you know, I'm just enjoying the, the flood of updates and new models and sculpts and rules and all that kind of jazz, which is, which is glorious. It's just spending too much of my time doing that. Um, other things that have happened, I have spent a little bit of time on the Xbox just doing stuff. I may have played through all of the story mode of Mortal Kombat 11 just because I hadn't done that yet. Um, <laughs> And got very, very frustrated when you burn through the whole story mode and it's happy days and you have to retry maybe once or twice, but that's about it. And then you get to the final boss fight and they just murder you and you're like, well, fuck this game. Yeah. It's it's like you swap the difficulty from easy to like death wish. That's kind of standard for a Mortal Kombat game. I've, I've seen that in the past. I haven't played 11, but I've definitely seen that in the past. Yeah. 
but it was, yeah, it was very much a shift in gears. And I, I basically, I tried it a few times, went, this is silly, um, and went and played some more Vermintide. Because um, <laughs> at least then I don't have to think too much. Um, so that is that. As far as television, um, the only thing of real note is getting up to date with What If. So Marvel's What If. Um, uh, so the most recent one was the Killmonger mm-hmm. episode. Yes. And I think, did we talk about, no, we didn't. Last episode was before the zombies episode. Yes. As well. so, so there's been two, uh, zombie. I, and I think uh, zombies is clearly the, like, that's the flagship episode. That is the one that they were kind of backing themselves on, I think, Mm -hmm. realistically to go, hey, isn't this cool? Yes. Look, I didn't mind the Zombies episode, but it was, and it needed to be, but it still upsets me that it was, but it was very toned down. Yes. From the comics. Like, in the comics... When there is this zombie apocalypse, uh, who, which is incidentally brought on by Reed Richards, he's the he's the guy that's to blame for it all. Doesn't exist in the MCU. We need to move right yes, along. Yes, yep. exactly. Spider Man is one of the first to go, oh. but he fights it really hard, and basically becomes this zombie because it doesn't affect the brain; it just makes them want human flesh. So he basically becomes this zombie with incredible feelings of guilt for eating his <laughs> wife and his aunt <laughs> and absolutely horrified with what they've become. Some of the others are a little more accepting of it. Um, but he's, so he's, he's definitely not what he was in the, in the, in the no, castle. And- Look, I feel like they haven't have kind of accepted that they can't they can take the concept from the comic, but then they basically have to run an MCU version of whatever mm-hmm. the comic was about, um, and a kind of PG version of an MCU version of whatever the comic was about as well. So it's it's a tricksy one, um, and I feel like the fact that they have resigned this to an MCU fluff piece is a little bit disappointing. Um, that. Being said, if you disregard the comics completely and if you're perfectly okay, if your only Marvel knowledge comes from MCU, you're probably very happy Hmm. right now. Um, I feel like Hank Pym's getting a rough trot. Yeah, look, he's he's not coming off well, is he? No, he's he's really not a a good dude. (laughs) But they need they need a kind of good bad guy, so that's cool. Um, Just as an aside, the the original Marvel comics, uh, Marvel Zombies comics, were written by Robert Kirkman, who did Walking Dead. So just to okay. give you a level yeah. of, and if you've read any of the Walking Dead comics, they are, you know, people die, <laughs> and people lose limbs, and shit doesn't go well generally, and it's kind of the same thing in the Marvel. Yeah, I can see how that's... And look, I think I really liked... Uh, I I liked the attempt. I feel like there was a lot of holes that they really didn't explain 
Like how the hell zombies got into Iron Man armor, I don't know. <laughs> I still I still don't get that exactly. I mean, I maybe get the Ant-Man version where he dives in the tiny little nano holes, but mm, mm. Um, it, was, a, it was all right. I watched it. I feel like, I, look, I enjoyed the bit of the kind of cliffhanger ending that they gave it mm-hmm. without spoiling anything. Um, I think it was nice, but I feel like they were really hoping that would be the ace in the hole. Like that was the silver bullet to go, oh my God, mind blown. And it was kind of, it was cool. I don't think it quite hit that level of cool. Yeah. So it it has legitimately been the first Marvel series that my wife has tagged out of and just gone, watch it yourself. I'm done. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. And it's probably the one that I am just watching because it's there, not watching because I desperately need to see the next episode. And I mean, the thing that I think that it's got going for it too is the fact that um, they're all individual episodes. They're not that long. No. Yeah. And And um, that's it. You can just go, Oh, I've got half an hour. I'll just, I'll just burn through one. Um, And you don't feel like you've wasted too much of your life. Um, And equally, I think the other thing they've got going for them is the fact that they're there in a time where people have time. Yeah. And want content, so it is filling a void. Um, and sometimes it is the size that counts. <laughs> um, so the only other thing, actual hobby things that I have been doing, a little bit of painting. Um, I've done some work on who I'm referring to as Guilt Dwarf. Um, <laughs> So the long story short here is I made an agreement. There was an accord that a friend of mine would print me a bunch of stuff for Warmaster, of which is still in a box and I haven't looked at. Um, and in return, I would paint an original uh, Lord of the Rings fellowship set. So the nine odd models that they have for the, the original fellowship. And that has been sitting on my to-do list for so long and I've just been putting the fuckers off because I already have the Warmaster stuff sitting in boxes that I'm not looking at that I would rather be painting. I already have a lot of other things that I would rather be painting, but I have this actual obligation to paint stuff. And frankly, I don't like the Lord of the Rings models from G-Dub at all. They're shit. I don't think you've been a fan of Lord of the Rings Um, in general, have you? Look, I like... I like the franchise as a concept. Um, no, but realistically, I, I don't like the concept of them as gaming models because there is a correct way to paint them um, or, you know, things because they have so much of a rich backstory. And I don't like the scale because they're just too small to be good and just too big to be easy. So they fit this really kind of awkward way. They feel like you should put more effort in, but it's too fucking hard. Um so I have pretty much on what I've done. I have, I've already done Gandalf. Mm-hmm. I've now done Gimli. Um, and I have moved on to Legless as he yep. shall be known. Um, so I made, I made a start on him and I've just got to knock these cats on the head and move on with my life at some point. <laughs> um, 
and then that's the spirit to to break it up and to give myself a little bit of hope at the end of the day i have been continuing work on my painted pink entry which is the imperial nobility ringer from the the blood bowl team in the starter set he's to be honest he is a lot of fun not only have I gone completely over the top with as much pink as I could cram into a model, um, but there's just the right balance of a little bit of detail, lots of flat surface and space to do stuff, some texture, but it's just they're, they're, they're nice, clean, easy sculpts to give, that give you some space to do stuff. And it has been kind of the palette cleanser while I'm kind of slogging at the stuff that I'm not enjoying as much. So there's a tip. If you're really trying to slog through something, just give yourself something fun to break it up with because it makes all of the difference. Um, and that has been me. That's a fair effort. I, I mean, mean it's I been, what has it been? Like, it's been two weeks? Probably. Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah, I think we're back on track. So yeah. that's a decent effort. Guess who's back? Back again. <sighs> Tell some men. Um, I've done, I don't know if I've done more purchases or more thinking about purchases than you have. Um, you haven't done more thinking about purchases than I have. I just didn't. Well, so we don't need a three-hour podcast on shit I would like to buy. <laughs> um, I did pick up uh, a couple of paints from Bradley now that GW is back open, uh, which I'm using to paint one of my ogres. So I'm very excited that, A, that I have new paints. Also very disappointed that I've just worked out that I don't have enough spots in my paint racks to accommodate said paints. You have orphan paints. Yeah, so um, that's something I'm going to have to look into now. Uh, I did pick up Throw the Dice. From Throw the Dice, I picked up uh, Bishop Malifaux. And from you, I picked up a couple of cats from Malifaux that I need to pay you back for. So a couple of the Nightmare Cats, the Cat Herder, Cat Princess, all those kind of cool things, which God knows when I'm going to get the <laughs> guts to put them together. But I have them. I own them. That's the main thing. Yeah. I have a crazy cat lady named Caitlin and all her pretty cats. And that just needs to happen for me in my life. To be fair, like assembling those was less rage inducing than other Malifaux models than I have assembled. That's not how you were reacting when you were putting them together. Correct. But now I have put them together and there are legitimately other models that I started putting together and then abandoned halfway through. So if what I'm hearing here is that you're not enjoying painting Lord of the Rings and you need something to break it up with. I said something I enjoy. Just because Um, I I didn't say something (laughs) I don't hate. Okay, fair enough. Um, I have also ordered, which has come in for me, and now I just need to pick it up, which I'll probably do next week, the Dark Elf Pitch and the Dark Elf Dice. So I've got both of those waiting for me. Uh, Full size or sevens? It's full size because they haven't done any special sevens. They've only done the one sevens pitch, which both angers and... I am extremely grateful for Gladdens, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, and now 
I mean, now that the corn team is coming, there's another team. I do like those models. Some of the some of the GW Blood Bowl models I'm hit or miss with. So, but those ones, they're pretty. I did see it. Like literally, they got dropped today, and there's already a meme bouncing around with the uh, chaos. The, the original chaos team mm-hmm. with a photo of one of the blockers and it's just like, and then the corn team chaos warrior. And it's just like you versus the guy she told you not to worry about. Yes. Uh, I've seen that one too. I'm like, <laughs> not even, you know, a day has passed. But with corn, I mean, I'm going to need the corn team. That's for sure. That goes without saying, but it's not just going to be the team. They're going to release that team with some dice, with a pitch, most likely. So it's two more things I'm going to need to get. Uh, anyway, um, as you said, we're both on the, the He-Man Kickstarter. And I did uh, sort of take full advantage of a scenario today and pre uh, not pre-ordered. I ordered a Mr. Sinister for Marvel. Crisis Protocol, which will be here within the next couple of weeks. Unlike you, I haven't been keeping up with Gen Con. I've just been sort of seeing the GW update. So I didn't even consider Malifaux, Crisis Protocol updates, things like that. I did see the Underworlds update, though. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I'm I'm currently sitting at probably 99% Underworlds. I have everything but, like, one token card expansion and one of the crews. Which which crew? One of the Champions of Dreadframe. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So the, the ones that didn't actually come with any extra cards and I didn't feel like owning 17 different Sigma Marines uh, warbands. And- Guess who's in the new box? <coughs> yes, but I mean the orcs look really cool. And to be honest, for that, the Sigmarines actually look kind of decent as well. They are probably the best Sigmarines they've done to date. There, there's a couple. A couple of the leaks though were like that. There's going to be faction specific cards, which means that you know you might be able to use it with your. I don't know, what are the destruction, death, what are the... Oh, okay, like the Grand Alliance style. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe you can use it just Grand Alliance or, or the evil version. I was about to say Horde, but I think that's Warcraft. Yeah. Um, but the thing that concerns me is the picture of the board with the models on it, with all the tokens on it, mm-hmm. the cards. The cards have different backs. Hmm. Which makes reset makes mixing cards between sets very difficult unless you have non clear card sleeves, and it worries me that that uh, I, I mean I'll have to wait and see that maybe it's like the the basic faction specific token decks, but I can't see a reason to have those different to the ones that you would normally play with. And if the the cards are all different backs, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll wait and see, but maybe I just stick to the Underworlds teams that I want to paint. 
and not worry about the game as a whole. Look, I at some, uh, yeah, I feel it like has to happen at some point. At some point, yeah, we can't we can't keep up forever. Um, I honestly, I struggle with the rotating season mm-hmm. situation. Um, the orcs, I'm a little bit mm, on the new orc aesthetic. Okay, I didn't I, mind it. I don't. I don't mind it. It just feels a little bit more. I don't know. I, I kind of want to see what they go with it. Obviously, it it, it follows on with their forty k orc aesthetic as well. Um, but it just. I don't know. It feels a little bit more Lord of the Ringsy to me. <laughs> I know they've tried <laughs> to go a little bit more unique, but uh, and um, we know how you feel about Lord of the Ringsy. Well, I just. I I will admit that I've the sort of original Games Workshop orc aesthetic was a little bit goofy. And you either had to mm-hmm. like that or you didn't like that. Like, that's that's cool. Um, and I've always said that the 40K orcs in the, the Warhammer world had more personality as a faction. Yep. Um, whereas the fantasy ones were kind of the poor man's equivalent. And I appreciate that they're trying to do something to, to separate them a little bit um, and give them a little bit more of a unique identifier and all that kind of stuff. But they just, I don't know, they seem like what I would expect from orcs that weren't goofy. Like you go grimdark orcs. All right, there you go. Yep. Cut paste. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit on the fence around the new, the new orc models. Um, the Sigmarines, as I said, I don't really want them because they're Sigmarines, but they are legitimately probably the best ones that they've brought out to date. They've mm. got the most character. They've got the most uniqueness around. Yeah. They sculpts. all look a bit different. So. Yeah. They seem like characters, not mm. just three dudes that you could get pull into a box. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going to pick up ones I think are pretty. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah it's probably going to be a wait and see thing for me. Um, unlike the, the last couple, which I've jumped on board and, and been day one purchases for everything since Shadespire. Not the... Not the crews, but the the basic packs I'm talking about. So, Dreadf- yeah. not Dreadfane, yeah. Diachasm. Chasm. Chasm. Diachasm, Beastgrave, and whatever the other one was. Um, that's about it. Nighthaunt. Nighthaunt. Totally remembered. Yes. It's been a while since we played. We should play. We should. We have other things. We do have other things. Uh, TV-wise, so apart from what if, uh, a couple of other quick things. Um, I did finish clickbait, and what did I have last time I talked about it? It was like two episodes to go, I think. Yes. And I was pretty sure I had the the ending in my Pegged. head. yep. Yeah, and I didn't, <gasps> uh, oh. which kind of – I like, I like, uh, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a decent watch and I do like Adrian Grenner or whatever his name is. So I think I'm better with names at the moment than I was last episode. (laughs) Um, but yeah, definitely a good watch. If you've got Netflix, only eight episodes long, um, pretty decent. The, I did sit down and I watched a movie with the wife last night. (gasps) Yes. So I watched a movie that has intrigued us. Like the idea sounds fantastic. The execution (laughs) 
I cannot, cannot remember a movie that I have disliked more in a long time. <laughs> uh, what we watched was Old, the new M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, about where, a beach where, where every 30 minutes that you're on this beach is a year in your life. Yeah. The idea is fantastic and intriguing and all the rest of it, and the acting and the script were abysmal. Like, I just, I mean, I kept apologizing to my wife all night. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I wanted this to be good. I really did. Yeah, just, ah, oh, the dog's dead. He was alive a minute ago. Like, like Jesus, man. Like, ah, oh, 5.7 or something on IMDb at the moment. It should be worse. It was, it was, I wanted it to be good. I really did. Look, so he had the sixth sense. Move on. Um, yeah, look, I, I pegged the ending for sixth sense in the middle of that film. Um, what did I like? I didn't mind village actually. Is it the village? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to end on a bad note like I did last episode with Southland. Uh, so I remembered today, as I was doing a lot of tidying up upstairs, uh, a TV show that I love that there is a new season of that I had not started watching. And so I started watching and I watched the first two episodes. Incidentally, there have been eight released so far. Season three of Titans. <gasps> and look, I don't know if I can, like at the moment in my head, Titans feels like the best current TV show for me. I really loved season one. Season two was decent. Season three. Just. I think, I don't know. I think I probably talked about this in the past. I definitely, maybe not on the podcast, but like I, the last episode of season one of Titans for me was like a, like an orgasm in my head. Season three is. So far, two episodes in, absolutely fucking amazing. Without giving anything away. Uh, I mean, the basic storyline, I'll give you the basic because it happens in, in not very long into the first episode. Very Gotham-centred. Mm-hmm. Red Hood-centred. Mm-hmm. Within the first two episodes, you see... Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, which Ooh. is my favorite Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. You see Red Hood. You find out who Red Hood is. Mm-hmm. You There's an Easter egg which mentions the name Carrie Kelly, Ooh. which is just like a, a, an Easter egg I did not expect in, no. in this sort of time frame. But you get to see the silhouette or the outline of Joker taking a crowbar to a robber. <gasps> and this is the best thing. It's like in the episode, last episode of season one, you don't necessarily see the Joker, but you see 
the result of the Joker. It's kind of the same thing. You don't see the Joker per se, but what you see, I got that feeling from the last episode of season one all over again. And I have another six episodes so far to go. And I am very excited. Today just gets brighter and brighter. So there was, there was old, like on a level that's barely off the ground. And then there's fucking Titans way up somewhere up there. And God, I hope it keeps this up because if it does, I mean, I love Red Hood as a character. I mm-hmm. always have. And this is, this is bad Red Hood. You know, this is when he first comes on the scene and he is shooting everyone. He's taking control. Nightwing looks fucking incredible. Starfire looks really, really good. Crypto. It's got fucking Superman's dog in it. Beast Boy, Superboy, the Hawk and Dove are back in it. Um, and yeah, just, oh, it's already throwing in so much. That almost, just makes I'm me excited. Going to have to go back and watch the first two again just to mm, get back. I was into- tempted, but now I'm on season three now. I can't stop. You know, there's, there's no going back. <laughs> oh, shit balls! Yes. So, shall we finish on a high and Let's, take a break? So high. Can <laughs> Just to cap that right off, I've just looked. So, I have a bottle of water in, in, in my hobby space that I basically fill out and just use to top up my wet palette and, and you know, rinsing brush cups and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never paid any notice. And I looked at it for the first time, really, and it's, you know, Coolridge. And then the sub, like the little kind of tagline behind it that I have never read until today just says water, fueling life since always. <laughs> okay. That's the best thing. Anyway, that's almost as good as sight in season three. Let's just double high that and call it a break. Okay, done. Sugar and tea and rum. One day when the pilot is done, we'll take our leave and go. Soon may the woman come to bring us 
und lieben, glauben, loben. Games, 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 games. We have played some games. We totally did play actual <laughs> games with physical people in a real place. And it was glorious. Fuck me, I've missed it. Anyway. <sighs> yes. Screw you, lockdown. It's great to be back playing something. Uh, first thing I wanted to do, touch base on is just quickly a couple of updates with the Blood Bowl League for all those excited to hear. Uh, we had a bit of issues with our local um, league with the website being down. So we couldn't download the team lists with all the updated details. So Lockie and I did have a quick Blood Bowl game. Uh, let's say after work one day and um, it was it was everything that Blood Bowl should be it was the seventh game we played just base teams for our chosen teams which was Skaven versus Halflings and the first half everything that could go right almost did so lucky chose to receive and being Skaven, he ter- he scored in turn two. Correct. Yeah. The halflings then got the ball <gasps> threw a perfectly good halfling and scored in their turn four. Shit. Skaven turned around, received the ball and then score in their turn six. <laughs> halflings have one turn left in the half, a perfectly thrown halfling, with a six, needed a three plus to land correctly and score and got a one. (laughs) So almost, almost, almost an absolutely perfect first half. So we go into the second half, two, one, and the opposite happened. Every roll that could go wrong went wrong for both teams. The ball didn't get further than the middle of the it didn't get up to the middle of the pitch. So Lockie kicked to me. And then I think my first turn, I failed to pick up the ball. And then people were falling over left, right, and center. And the end result was 2-1. It was, it was glorious. It was the best game because it epitomized everything that can go right and everything that can go wrong in Blood Bowl. And I just, I loved every second of it. But in in good news, we I contacted that day. I contacted the webmaster of the website, and he fixed everything within a day. So we have actually had a couple of league games, which is great. So Lockie did play James, which was always going to be the grudge match of the season. <laughs> Uh, pretty much Lockie has said he doesn't care what happens as long as he beats James. That was all that mattered. And James was determined to beat the crap out of the Skaven. The, the game itself happened at Throw the Dice, which was, which was great. Good to be back there playing some games or seeing some games being played. End result was a one, one nil win for the Skaven. Would have been two, one apart from a couple of dice rolls. So he's got a run in the last turn of the first half, needed to dodge twice and two go for its to score. Oh, that's definite death. 
Yes, so first dodge failed. Uh, the dodge reroll succeeded. The second dodge succeeded. The first go for it succeeded. And then all he needed was two plus to get into the end zone, which, as you know, if you've listened to this or if you've played any Blood Bowl, a go for it or a sprint or whatever they're calling it these days to get a touchdown, rush, whatever, it's guaranteed that that one in six chance of you failing then becomes kind of like a 90% chance of you failing. And Lockie definitely failed it. So, <laughs> one nil win to the Skaven. Uh, the other game that happened was the current undefeated Underworlds team, run by Bradley uh, from GW in Geelong, played up against Dylan's eighth place Blackhawk team. And we got some couple of updates throughout the day. The end result was 2 1, uh, which seemed like a legitimate end result until Dylan actually confirmed that he won the game. I, which I, I did think ask the clarification. It surprised, I think, pretty much everyone, which is great. Um, it was it was good to see Dylan get a, get a, a win on the board, and I think he jumped up a, cu- a good couple of places. Yeah. I totally choked to spoke to him at work the next day. He was he was a little bit chuffed. He was <laughs> can a little imagine. bit happy. I can imagine, but yeah. There were thrown trolls. There was a troll that vomited over one of the Blackhawks and killed him. Uh, there was various other bits and pieces that went on throughout the game. And you know, the I, we got pictures of the touchdowns as they happened. But I think for two of those pictures, there was a guy from both teams in the end zone. <laughs> and I couldn't work out who had the ball. So I just went... Okay. I'll just wait for an update. Yes. I've just been hanging on. And then they gave us the update and it was like 2-1. And I'm like, yeah, but who? Who was the two and who was the one? This is important. And and then, yeah, they confirmed. And I I had to take a moment, sit down and (laughs) reevaluate my life choices and all those things. Yeah, I think I asked for clarification as well, but was not expecting the response that I got. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love Blood Bowl. So good. So good. I also really enjoy how excited Dylan was when a troll threw up on his Black Hawk and killed it. Yes. And yes. it was the first time he'd seen it done and he didn't realize it was a thing that could happen and it happened and he was so happy about it. Um, and I had to try and then explain the benefits of choosing the vomit attack versus just a regular block and when you would do each. Cause he was just like, why aren't you vomiting every turn on everybody? <laughs> Dylan. I love Dylan because he's like one of the best people to play against in blood bowl. Cause he absolutely is there a hundred percent for the game and never expects to win and just wants to have fun. Yeah. And so every game against him, I reckon, no matter who you are, I reckon it's going to be a fun game. So, so yeah, very chuffed to see him get a win. But at the same time, his level of enthusiasm and the comments and happiness that came through in his updates would not have changed if the result was the other way around. Absolutely. Yeah. And with absolutely no pause, interruption, or technical hitch at all, we are continuing with our Blood Bowl conversation. 
so I'd like to apologize if I now sound normal because I'm back on a normal mic. And uh, so if I sounded better with the crappier mic, I apologize. I should I should be back to my regular level of shitness. But so we were talking about Blood Bowl. While James and Lockie were getting their Blood Bowl on at Throw the Dice, you and I were also there, Jace. We were. And we were having a game of our own. And it was it was the best because it's a game I've been hanging out to try for the last however long. Um, and admittedly, it was a game that I kind of dragged my wife through the night before just so I had a vague idea how it played. <laughs> um, and how did she take that? Look, it was it was interesting. Clearly, we're in lockdown and she's a little bit bored because the way this plays out is she's done her back recently and she's a little bit sore and, and stuff. And so she was just on the couch watching some trash, as you do, and I drag a whole bunch of shit out. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to run through this game on the kitchen table so I know how to play it tomorrow night. So, you know, keep doing your thing. I'm just going to ignore me. This is business as usual, so it shouldn't be hard. Um, and she goes, what are, what are you doing? I went, oh, I'm just going to try and run through this game. She goes, oh, do you need do you need another player? Yeah. Uh, yes. Like, how, how bored are you? But sure, but don't feel obliged. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, she's like, no, no, no I'll, I'll come and have a look. So we um, had, a, had a quick run through and it turns out I got a number of things wrong. Um, but it, it gets. Maybe we got things wrong in our game. <gasps> I need to go back and check. I don't know. I haven't checked. I haven't either. Um, we'll find out. Um, I definitely got some things wrong, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, whether we got all of them wrong, who knows? Anywho, so, yeah, we, we had a bit of a run through the night before just to make sure that I had a – it would it would flow as smooth as possible. On on the official gaming night at Throw the <laughs> Dice, um, so we have been playing three games now. Well, me three, you two, of Marvel United. So this was a Kickstarter a while ago. It was one that I very nearly backed at Kickstarter level and managed to stop myself and then regretted it ever since. But fortunately... The lesson good... here is never deny yourself anything. Correct. <laughs> it's just, you just end up eating a big old bowl of regretty, um, which is my least favorite pasta dish. Uh, but fortunately for me, great and amazing fellow human and friend of the show, or at least one of us, uh, Jared did back it and then decided he wanted other stuff instead and sold it to me. Um, so I have the Kickstarter that I never backed for less than I would have backed it at the Kickstarter level. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Yes. Yes. That's what we decide. Um, so in true form, I then invited him to come along and play with us at Throw the Dice um, in the hopes that he'd actually played it, knew what he was doing, <laughs> so he could show us. <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but that was that was the kind of the plan. Um, so for anyone who isn't familiar, Marvel United Kickstarter a while ago um, was the one with the kind of chibi 
cutesy style Marvel characters. There's a shit ton of them. There's a lot of them. Um, but they were, and the, the paint scheme, like the paint jobs for all of the models over the course of the Kickstarter were all done by Big Child Creatives. And they all did it in a really kind of, uh, comic booky, almost cell shaded way. And it blew my mind. And half the reason I wanted to back it was because of the paint scheme and the paint paint that they'd done for the and then part of the reason i didn't want to back it was because i would never be able to replicate the paint schemes for the kickstarter but i really really want to but it's terrifying um incidentally have you ever painted all the models for a board game no never and i'm definitely not going to do it for this one there's shit tons hmm. I've never done it either. I've never been confident enough to do it. I've got a mate of mine that that's pretty much what he does. He does a lot of model painting, but he plays board games. So he will buy Zombicide, for example, on the Kickstarter and then paint it for things. That is the dream, right? That is, I mean, to actually play Zombicide with fully painted everythings. Mm. And he is he's an incredible painter. I got him to, to do up one of my... Uh, Underworld's teams. Yeah. I just love his painting. And that's what he does. He does, he buys the odd war game model. Like I think he's got a lot of the Crisis Protocol ones, for example. But he doesn't play those games. He just plays the board games. He just gets the models to paint because that's what he enjoys doing. Or well, he also has a shit ton of Lego, which is fantastic. You go up into his attic and it's kind of like the basement in the Lego movie. Anyway, continue. Total tangent. That was glorious. I loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was actually thinking today about how I'm going to get some of the models for this game painted at least because I really need an excuse to force myself to paint them and to try and kind of not replicate but at least do a little bit of a homage to that kind of associated mm-hmm. um, kind of comic booky style that um big child creatives did and it's incredible they had like four or five artists all painting this stuff and it looks coherent like stop being so goddamn talented um says jace so i need to find a way to force myself to paint some of these at some point in time and i feel like the way that i do this is we actually organize some more games Mm -hmm. of united at some point in time and Whoever is playing, I then find out which character they want to play in advance and they are the ones that I pull out of the box and actually spend some time on. Um, I feel like this is the right way of doing it. I feel like with that many models, like you brought out, I mean, it's typical Kickstarter, but you brought out a box which was just, was it? almost the same size as the actual game and it was just filled. It's bigger, was it? Okay. I thought the game was bigger. Anyway, so the bigger box is just full of extra models. Yeah. So by painting the ones that you will use, because you don't use an awful lot of models for a game. Correct. It's I- one per person plus the bad guy. Yeah, and there's a maximum of four players, so it makes it, you know, five models in a game. Not too bad. I could do five models. Um, so, you know, that I feel like that's probably the, the way we'll do it. So we will at some stage have to do another session. Um, and that is currently my plan just so I've done something for them because otherwise they will do exactly what rising sun has done. And it's sat in my cupboard completely unpainted since I got it. Yep. 
Yeah, you could you could definitely limit yourself, especially if there's particular characters that everybody likes playing and there's particular characters that nobody ever wants to play, like, I don't know, like Black Widow or someone. <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Who would play that? I know, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that because I definitely, uh, yeah, I need to find some way to force them to the, the other option I have. And here is here is a sneaky thought. <laughs> we are talking about the potential of playing some more Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes. I could create complete chibi Crisis Protocol crews <laughs> of basically whatever the hell I wanted to run because there's a shit ton of models there. Um and then that would force me to paint those ones too. Yes. It would mean total immersion destruction for anyone I'm playing against, <laughs> but I would get to play with the cute little chibi models that are adorable. Um, so fuck everyone else. That's so, my current thought. Does Crisis Protocol use like line of sight type things? No. It uses, oh, look, you need to be able to see, but effectively there's a height of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so each of the models have a height and then terrain and everything has a height. So as long as you look at the size of the base and the height of the actual model, that nah, doesn't matter. Okay. All right, cool. So Which is why everyone can stand on a tactical it. rock. It's uh, absolutely achievable gameplay-wise. Um, it is just throwing in a completely different aesthetic into a game. <laughs> Which some people will care for and others will not. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense. Anywho. We didn't play Crisis Protocol. We played Marvel United. And united we were. So premise of the game. Um, it's so uh, two to four, but effectively you can play one to four uh, player cooperative game mm-hmm. where you have each pick a hero to be from the extensive array that there are. Um and then you pick a villain to to come. And the, the villains all have unique win objectives. And then the heroes basically have to beat up the villain before they get their unique win objectives. And there's a few other pieces, like if the heroes run out of cards to play. So the way it plays, you've got a little model and he bounces around the board and does stuff. And in your turn, you, you sort of draw a card, play a card um, from your hand and the cards let you do different actions. You could move to a different location. You could punch something. You can save a little civilian, that kind of stuff. If you run out of cards and you don't have any in your hand, you don't have any in your, your deck for whatever reason, then you lose as well. Um, so there is a couple of ways to lose. The only way to win is basically stop the villain um, and you've got to rescue a certain number of civilians or beat up a certain amount of thugs or anything before you're allowed to attack the villain, which lets them sort of get ahead. Um, but as I said, you can have up to four people playing cooperatively and the kind of the tactical mechanic of it or the bit that's really kind of fun is you play a card from your hand in your turn. So you sort of go three, you go or three, three player turns and then a villain AI turn. They basically just, you, you play a card from their deck and that kind of dictates what their move is. But when you play a, a card from your hand, it has some actions that you can take on it. Um, so you're kind of picking, you know, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z, so I'll do this. But not only can you do those actions, you can also do the actions from, the player card who went before you. 
So you kind of have this pool of actions that you can draw from, and it's not just the ones that you've got, it's the ones that happened previously as well, um, which give you some nice little kind of combo effects that, that kind of let you do extra stuff where you can kind of sort of go, oh, if you do this, then I can do X, Y, and Z, and, and have that kind of cooperative conversation across the table as well. That's my explanation. Now, can you do it properly? No, I mean, that's, that's generally how it worked. I mean, what I will say is that this Kickstarter that you picked up is also the Kickstarter that you coerced me into backing the X-Men version. So you say coerced. I say coerced. I say, oh, look, I think enabled is maybe because you were going to back it. Like we all knew that. Um, I, just, I just gave you the excuse to blame someone else, frankly. Just, that's very true. Uh, but having played the game, I am actually very happy that I did back the X-Men version because now I did have a lot of fun and now I have a lot of X-Men models coming to help me have more fun. So many models. <laughs> so many models. <laughs> But yeah, that's basically how it goes. You know, there's a, what is it, a threat counter that goes up every time something happens for the villain. And if he gets to the end of his threat counter, he wins. Uh, what I like about this game in particular is that it's all co-op. Yes. Um, there's just something about a good co-op game that really does it for me because... You either all win or you all lose and you do it as a team. And the aspect of using the items on the previous card allows for some pretty cool tactics. I don't think, at least myself, I didn't put enough thought into that when we played. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, I feel like we were still working on getting the base mechanics right and just kind of playing through and getting a feel for how it worked. So yep. I feel a couple of plays in you start and you know, I was having this thought today just going fundamentally they say draw a hand and every player draws a hand and they look at their cards and that's it. If you played open hands, mm -hmm. it would potentially open that. And it's up to you who you share your cards with, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's uh, you then have a, all right, well, what's going to happen? What can you do in the next turn? And you've got a little bit more of this planning. It could also slow the game down a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but, yes, that, that kind of conversation around, oh, if you, you know, because someone says, oh, I can do this or this, and you go, well, if you do that, I can then do. Yeah. And it kind of opens up those kind of conversations, which is which is the fun bit. I think that's the really kind of tactical element of it. Mm -hmm. And perhaps the the biggest element that we just – didn't accommodate too well when we played. And the other half of it is when to achieve objectives. Mm -hmm. um, so there was probably some space. And when we get to actually talking through the games that we played where we went, oh, we can hit this objective and it's great. But it also means that there's in-game effects that allow the villain to do other things. So you almost want to tread water a little bit until you can hit a couple at once. That's it. I mean, as far as the objectives, may as well talk about them now. So each game you have three objectives that save a certain number of civilians, beat up en en enough bad guys, and 
do enough. What are the the cards? The, you're, yeah, so you're removing threats. 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 Yeah. So mm-hmm. each location has got a little threat card on it, and it's basically bad stuff that happens when you're in that location. Mm-hmm. But you can spend some time either either it's a little kind of bad guy henchman standing on that card that you got to beat up, or there's you know a certain other thing you've got to do heroic actions, which is one mm-hmm. of the actions on the card to get rid of. And so once you clear one of those objectives, so you've either saved enough civilians, or you've beaten enough bad guys, or you've cleared some threats, um, and one of those cards goes away, all of a sudden the villain acts every second player turn, not every third player turn. So he does a lot more bad. He goes into kind of desperation mode. Um, then after you clear the second one of those objectives, you can then start attacking the villain directly. So he's basically, you know, he's, he's barley <laughs> up until the point that you do those two secondary objectives um and then you can start wailing on him um mm-hmm. so and plus after the second and the third ones you get a bonus so yeah you, you, everyone has to draw a card straight away yeah. which is a good thing it gives you some more options so um yeah i think we discovered in that first game the danger of Letting the villain go every second turn without being able to attack him. Yeah. So first game, we definitely cleared off one of them too quickly. And then, well, not necessarily too quickly, but we didn't coordinate it. So in the second game, we cleared off two pretty much Within a turn of each other, Yeah. yeah. And that meant that while the bad stuff started speeding up, we also couldn't then start hitting the bad guy and trying to trying to actually win the game. Whereas in the first game, didn't necessarily realize the effect of him speeding up so much. So first game, we chose Carnage for the bad guy. Yes. Um, And he basically go around and he just did a lot of damage to a lot of things. And just, he went, he went a little bit crazy as you would expect Carnage to do, which is kind of cool. Um, we all played kind of Spider-Verse, almost all played Spider-Verse style heroes as well. Kind of, yeah, like to an extent. Yeah, uh, so we had we had Jared there. We also had Alice there who had popped in to look at James and Lockie's game and then we kind of coerced her in. Coercion is a theme that we're starting to really... Yeah, well, okay, the Coercion podcast, which is rebrand. Uh, but... So, yeah, Jared played Venom, so Venom versus Carnage. That seems quite appropriate. Uh, Alice played Black Widow. I played Moon Knight because I thought, well, there's a Moon Knight TV show coming out soon. Let's give him a go. And you played... The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yes, because why not? Uh, I've only got a couple of notes for each game. Because it's a couple more than me. Continue. <laughs> uh, so, I think we said before when you when you take a damage as a hero, you basically lose a card. So you start off with three cards, drawing a card every round, and then playing a card. So you get your choice of four basically. When you are taking damage, you discard cards. So you start playing out of a lesser hand, and when you lose all your cards completely, you're knocked out. Carnage managed to knock out both Venom and Black Widow in this game, which is not a good sign. No. And the other note I have here is Carnage wins. Yes. 
And look, realistically, as I said, we were kind of getting used to the mechanics. We we realized that we could meet one of the objectives pretty quickly and we saved a bunch of civilians relatively early. But what that did was Carnage then went on an absolute rampage um, and proceeded to just spawn. Like his victory conditions just skyrocketed mm-hmm. um, from that point onwards. And we, you know, we're trying to scramble to a stage where we could at least try and beat up on him. And I don't think we even got there. No. Um, so that was a, a pretty brutal uh, <laughs> initiation uh, for the team. And I, I maintain I totally had an ace. Oh, was it this game was the next one? I swear I had an ace in the hole for one of them. But anyway, we'll come back to that. Um, and it just never never came to fruition. Um, no, it was this one. So there was basically a card in my hand that said that I had like from turn one that said, mm-hmm. if you play this and you have more special – because some of the cards have got like special um, – abilities on them so as well as just a move or a punch or a thing they've got like some unique actions for that hero um and it basically said if you play this card and you have more cards that have been played in what they call the storyline um then the villain has wounds remaining the heroes win okay we never got to that stage we never got close, but I was holding on to that going, right, I am going to absolutely just ace this sucker when it's when it's time, and it was never time. Um, so, yeah, we all kind of licked our wounds a little bit after. We went, holy shit, this game's tougher than I thought. Um, mm, maybe maybe it's an expansion issue. Maybe we should go back to one of the villains from the, the core set and, and, you know, you start at the start and kind of work up from there. Because that's usually how games go. They introduce you off pretty easily and then ramp up the difficulty later on. Hmm. That's the usual thing. So game two, we pick out Red Skull. And who is easier than Red Skull, I ask? He's your basic villain. Happened to be in, like, one Captain America film. He seemed pretty easy to beat in that one. Yeah, look, Exactly. We decided to change around the heroes a bit. So instead of Venom, Jared chose War Machine. We went for a bit of a theme here. Uh, Instead of Moon Knight, I decided to go Hulk because I thought I could do some damage to this Mm -hmm. skull dude. Um, For Alice, instead of Black Widow, she went Black Widow. Seeing a pattern forming here. Yep. Uh, And you, Jace? Nick Fury. So we're very Avengers sort of based now. And I will say it is very hard not to do that. Um, you know, you pick out the villain as an example and it's really hard to go, oh, but it's it's so, like, it's cinematic, it's thematic, it's it's all the right things. If I, Like, no one was going to choose Captain America because we're not those kind of people. But you want to, like, it's it's so easy just to get hooked up in, in that little thing. And honestly, I'm not sure how much it makes a difference, to be honest. Probably none at all. I mean, it just seems wrong to go up against, say, Carnage and take Thor. You know. Why? Why would he bother? Why would he bother? Anyway, game two. I've got two notes here. Ooh. Absolutely none of us got KO'd. 
I know, right? We lived. I know, we lived. That being said, I will say that Carnage very much, his mechanic was focused on doing damage. Mm-hmm. He just murdered stuff as he went along. Um, Red Skull is more around throwing like thugs and civilians onto locations. So he was, he was kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily doing direct damage to us, but he was making our objectives a lot harder um, by uh, yeah, throwing thugs and civilians onto all our locations. And then when you couldn't fit them, it increased his, I think it was a fear tracker in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he filled up a location and you couldn't fit any more dudes on, then he kind of progressed his win objective. Yep. So he wasn't really trying to KO us, but we didn't no. get KO'd. The other, thing, the other thing is that, like, in the first game, we had a couple of carnage-type dudes as the, what are they called? The threat Little henchmen, cards? yeah, on yeah, the threat cards. Yeah, so, and they were doing a lot of damage to us. Whereas I think we managed to clear out all the, the heavy hitters on Red Skull's threats pretty yeah. quickly. Like Hulk has a, a card, which is Hulk Smash, which basically has a move on it. And then when he moves, he does a damage to everything there. Oh, I mean, you can you can choose which order to do this in. But so I was moving around and just annihilating bad guys and doing damage to uh, to the henchmen, and I don't think they really stood much of a chance in the second no, one. And they I were probably weaker than the first game, true, but we was, didn't give them a chance. It was interesting though because the Carnage ones were all identical henchmen; they were all like little symbiote clone type dudes. Whereas this one, we had Crossbones as one, and he had like six wounds. And then we had somebody else that had like Madam Hydra. Madam Hydra, there you go. Fire, and then I think we had Hydra Bob. Yep, as the last one, and he had less amount of wounds. So it was kind of you know it was a little bit skewed that way, but we focused on them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and cleared them all out because I feel like we were a little bit sore from carnage and we just thought, all right, I'm not having that again. Which, yeah, uh, absolutely. We we learnt from the first game, which is surprising for us. And then, like we said, in this game, we cleared off two of those cards really quickly, simultaneously almost, so that when he started going every second turn, we were already in a position where we could start attacking him. Yeah. And attack him we did. And we did. And my second note here for the second game is that Red Skull won. He totally won. Um, So basically the way Red Skull works is um, he drops a bunch of civilians and thugs on the locations and he has this fear tracker which goes up to 20. Um, And every time... Which was double Carnage. Yeah, I know. Carnage is 10. We're like happy days. So every time a little uh, civilian can't be placed and things like that, it got got advanced. Um, But also he had a a kind of what they call a BAM action that so sometimes sometimes his cards would play play civilians and stuff and sometimes they would play this bam thing and the bam thing increased his little win fear objective tracker by two not just one by two so actually it was no easier than playing carnage at all it was just a different mechanic um we did punch him a few times we were actually very close and honestly if we had slightly different cards and slightly different things happened and all that kind of thing i feel like that was actually a chance um but alas it was not to be 
I blame War Machine. Yeah, why not? Okay, let's do that. Uh, But the game itself was a lot of fun. Really, once we got the the aspect of the game down and and how it works, relatively straightforward. Wasn't an awful lot of things that we went actually to the rule book for. Uh, And it's something I would like to play again. It's something Mm -hmm. I would like to win at some point. Yes. Um, So we would, we need to play a bit more. I absolutely do. But I think it, the thing for me is it strikes a really good balance between a being cooperative and, and that kind of thing, which makes it a good game to have a couple of people around and, and kind of play. Um, but it's a really good balance between has enough to have tactics and depth and variation that keeps it interesting, but it's not brain melting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's relatively quick. Like it's not super time intensive. It's not super t- space intensive. It's not like it takes up a little bit of space, but you can play it on the kitchen table, no probs. Um, I mean, we, we what time were we supposed to get there? We were probably we were probably only playing for two hours, if less, if not less. Yeah, and we were ducking, dicking and around got, for a lot of that. Yeah, and we got two games in easily. Yep. Yeah, so they're less than an hour games, um, especially once you knew how to play and mm. you kind of knew what was going on. Yeah, you're playing playing for an hour with you know three mates, having some fun, doing some stuff, and as I said, it's kind of that really nice balance between enough depth to keep it interesting but not too much depth that you feel broken at the end of it like we wanted to go again yeah um i am a little bit interested also speaking of games that we probably won't win um so i've got the infinity gauntlet expansion Mm-hmm. yeah we need to try that and the premise for that is you basically fight each of the black order before you fight Thanos. And depending on how you go in those initial games depends on how many infinity gems Thanos has for the final battle. Um, so I feel like that would be a fun couple of games, a couple of nights of gaming, trying to... Let, let's win a game before we try winning Okay, three yeah. or four games. How many, how many black guys were there? Is it just the three? Four. Or was it four? Uh, Corvus Glaive. Proxima Midnight, Ebony Moor, Cull Obsidian. Yeah, all four. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So five games. So if we can win a game before we lose five straight, that would be good. I just had a moment where I realized that the names of the Black Order all have black in them in different words. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Holy shit. This is the sound of my mind being blown, people. I am so smart. I am SMRT. Things, things that you don't think, pay attention to. I'm just like, oh, they have a name. Cool story. Oh, they've come up with some fun names. How do they? Okay. Anyhow, we're here now. <laughs> okay. That was Marvel United. Twas. Definitely enjoyable and definitely something that we will play more of and have a bit of fun with. Apart from that, uh, we've played a little bit more Chaos Bane on the Xbox. I've played more Chaos Bane than I've played anything else. <laughs> you've been going hard, and not only that, but you've been upping the difficulty as you go along. Well, I you get you get better stuff. You get better stuff. That's true, but like, I don't. I mean, I, I you're still 
murderizing everything you come across. But were you on very difficult at the moment? Yeah, it's on very hard or something. It was basically on as hard as it was let me put it on. Mm -hmm. Um, And you haven't finished the game yet? No. So normally that's something I reserve for after I finish the game, if I go that far. And and here is the thing. I very rarely, if ever, finish games. Um, It's just, it's not, I don't know. So if I'm going to do it, I'll do it once. But what happened is I tagged into a couple of friends' games and, and did some multiplayer pieces. But it turns out the XP in this thing is shared and they were much further ahead than me. Mm-hmm. So I jumped a bunch of levels and then I've gone back into my own game and I'm a lot more advanced than I was before. And all of a sudden shit died a lot easier. Funny that. Yes, I have found that also. So I started just burning through this and I'm like, oh shit, well, this is easy. Well, let's see if I up it to hard, what happens? And it was still the same. It basically was no difference. Um, but you get better loot. And then I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's just up this to very hard and see what happens. And it turns out stuff still dies. So I've now burning through on very hard. Um, I did, <laughs> they do a, a little kind of separate thing where it's the tower of chaos or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Yep. I went through 10 floors of that last night. By yourself? Yeah. (laughs) On very hard still? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got to the end of that. I got through 10 floors. That'll do. I'll bail out and I'll do some more of the story. Um, I need to find out, like, you're playing the elf. I was playing the elf. Some guy jumped into my game at some point and he was, I was, I don't know what level I was like, probably mid-20s or something. This is before I jumped in with you guys. Yeah. And he was definitely legend, which is past the 50-level cap, and he progressed a bit more than that, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was running around with a ring of fire around him, and he would just walk into things and they would die. And I haven't come across this skill yet. I know, right? In my but- elven practice. But he, yeah, he took me through about 20 levels of that tower thing which was him perhaps resurrecting me at the end when he'd walked into everybody or me just hiding as much as I could yeah, because I had no chance at that level of killing anything. It it has been, as I said, I've jumped in a couple of games with a couple of uh, friends and there's kind of old wargaming buddies and stuff and we've played a few times. But it's just, it's kind of good just to chill out. There's not a lot of thinking. You're smashing A a lot because it's basically Diablo. Um, and just, you can kind of chat and banter and, and have fun mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff at the same time. Um, yes, there's a storyline. Yes, you're going through it. But you can kind of take the piss and not take it too seriously. And again, it finds that really... Right, firstly, it's very linear. You follow the story. That is all. Um, and that suits me. Mm-hmm. I, it's, don't it's, don't it's, give me open world. That's no. silly. It's very much Warhammer Diablo. There's nothing else to it. There's five classes. Um, I think I've leveled up. I think my lowest at the moment is level 11 now. But I've been then again, I've been jumping in at, as a level two or a level five or whatever into your games and just tagging along with you soaking up XP. Yeah. And the very first time I did that with someone, I jumped in at one level and I was 10 levels higher at the end of that hour or something. It was Mm. ridiculous. Um, 
yeah, I look, I, I think I started the the dwarf, the Slayer, mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but I'm not going to play it through again. Like I will play through it once and be done with it. So that's why I figured I can bump it up and just do it mm-hmm. once, do it properly, and then I'll just casually jump in on games and stuff if people are playing. Just murder some stuff and and move on with my life. Um, good fun though. Yeah. Just as I said, that 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 real cruisy kind of you can just unwind with it. I think mm. that's that's the bit I like. Yeah. Look, um, like you said, I mean, you don't generally play games through to completion that much. Uh, I'm more of an achievement whore. So I like that little achievement thing that pops up on the Xbox. So one of the, well, there's achievements for finishing the storyline with all of the five characters. And then there's an achievement for finishing with all of the five characters. So I think I've more or less leveled up most of my guys enough that I can probably run through the storylines pretty quickly with them. I have finished with the dwarf. I finished with the elf. And I think I'm currently running through with the the female dwarf. I'm pretty sure I'm at the. I think I'm up to the bloodthirster nearly, mm-hmm. so getting there. But yeah, good, good, simple game. Pretty brain dead. Mash buttons, kill stuff, and you know it's basically four areas, and they're all ain't. Chaos God, Nurgle, Corn, Slanesh, Zeech. And yeah. it's kind kind of cool, even though I'd probably prefer to be doing it the other way around, but it's kind of cool to be killing Chaos guys. Yeah. And look, I, I like I like the IP. I like but I like the fact that they've kind of themed all of the the areas it gives you that feel Mm -hmm. you get the different demons and the different stuff and they they all act a little bit differently and a little bit funky it's they've done enough to give it the flavor and that's probably the piece i like um and then you nuke everything and move on that's it so that's that is between that and vermintide and a little bit of mortal Kombat. that is all i've done on the xbox but i will say this is the most xbox i have played in a very very long time and it legitimately got to the stage where i had to come out and paint something just so i didn't feel guilty for using my spare time doing something that didn't result in something <laughs> being done well, it's resulting in you getting more levels on Chaos Pain. Yeah, but I didn't have more painted stuff to show for that, and I felt bad. Um, there was legitimate guilt, and I had to come out and just start painting some stuff. So now I'm I'm kind of rewarding myself with Chaos Pain after I've done some painting. Seems fair. Seems fair. Uh, I did jump on the Xbox last night, but I spent a bit of time, or maybe it was yesterday afternoon, just going through the new games that have been added onto Game Pass. And I did come across two that I will mention briefly just on the absurdity of them. Uh, I did come across one which is called I Am Fish. And it seems to be sort of a platformy, puzzly game where you are a goldfish in a goldfish bowl which is sealed and you're rolling this goldfish bowl bowl. Oh, like a ha- hamster ball kind of style. Like a hamster ball, yes. Very interesting. I started playing it when my kids were watching this afternoon, and before too long, I had smashed the 
goldfish bowl on the ground and the goldfish was flopping around on the ground and I got a bit worried but I quickly managed to work out how to reset it so that every time after that that I was about to crash I would just reset back to the previous checkpoint (laughs) kind of cute the other one I did come across which is worth mentioning because it just seems stupid is a game called Skatebird now this is pretty much Tony Hawk if you're a bird Birds can and fly. Birds can fly, but birds can also, it appears, ride skateboards and do okay. tricks. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much Tony Hawk as a bird. It's <laughs> cute. It's stupid. Uh, and I'm up to I'm halfway through the second level after finishing all the missions on the first because that's the way you, we roll. You did see show me this vaguely, briefly, shortly, and he, he does little, like, when every time he leaves the ground, his little does his little jumps in his airtime, his little wings flap. <laughs> and there's a button that you can press to squawk. Oh. Doesn't it? It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> no, zero game effect. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, just crazy. And there's yeah, there's a storyline that goes with it, and you're talking to other birds, and some of these birds are dressed up. And I mean, I made my bird originally a pink bird with a pink mohawk and a cape. Um, and they mention somebody's cousin at one point, who whose name is Anthony, and he's a hawk. He's <laughs> Anthony Hawk. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 legitimately somebody stupid. spent time, effort, and potentially money developing this, just so I could play it for free on the Game Pass. Did they think it was ever going to come to anything else? Like I'm impressed no. it made it to Game Pass. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but here I am promoting it because it's funny. I don't know how much longer I'll play it, but I, no, no, I no, have no, 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 played no, 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 it. Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, one more thing. I did get a Magic game in yesterday, a Commander game, Magic the Gathering. I'm sure, yeah, it's a, a wonderful taste in your mouth, I'm sure. But I did oh. win this one, so I was happy. <laughs> that being said, I, this is my second Commander game that I have ever played, and I've only played them two players, and I think Commanders are supposed to be like a big multiplayer event. So... I don't think I'm playing it correctly, which goes with the theme of the podcast. I was about to say, that's just what we do, right? <laughs> so everybody wins. All right. Uh, just quickly before we wrap up, let's talk about what's on. Uh, I do want to quickly talk about the Paint It Pink competition that we have going. You have just slightly less than two weeks still to enter, finish whatever you're doing for the Paint It Pink. We want to see the pink bits. Uh, as long, uh, we've said it before, but as long as some part of the model doesn't have to be all of it like Jace's, it can be a little tiny part of it. Just something needs to be pink. That's all that we ask. Um, we should. I did spend a significant amount of time really quickly just going through finding models that other people have painted once upon a time that featured like pink in them. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. Um, I was going to create a gallery and then I didn't want to kind of, you know, put people off by throwing in professionally painted models that featured pink. Um, so I kind of abandoned that thought, but 
I feel like there is a lot of opportunity just to to use it as a feature color somewhere in the model to do something. And this is kind of a really cool excuse just to, to pull something out and try something new, just, just paint a single model. And I feel like there's like, what, two weeks left, mm-hmm. round figures. That is flat out, that is time to paint something. Don't even start with me. Have a yeah, definitely. And this is the kind of event where cool idea totally beats execution every day of the week. Um, We're not looking for professional here. We're looking for something cool that tickles our funny bones. Yeah. So if your if your pink bits tickle my pink bits, we are we are probably in a winning combination right there. <laughs> um, so. Sorry, I, I wanted to stop for no, whatever no. thought that was. No, I was just going to say, I got so caught up with Titans and how good Season 3 started that I didn't talk about my painting. Um, my I did pledge my four ogres for the next Bud Bowl team yes. as my painted pink. Um, I have been progressing on those. I have pretty much finished the eight snotlings that will be the team. I have finished one of the ogres, the other the second ogre needs pretty much just blue highlights for the armor uh and then he'll be done so that'll be you know 10 models nearly done apart from the bases and i've just got two more to go so once they are done i'll put a uh, a photo up in the uh, the event but love it yeah look and going back to to what you were saying about contrast like that's pretty much what i've used here i've used contrast as the base colors and then the majority of the contrast then i've built up with with layer paints but the some of it has just been contrast and i just like how that worked they work so easily yeah and I can I can now count the number of contrasts that I don't have on one hand, which is bad. But they they are definitely forming that sort of base coat role in my painting. And yeah. I'm excited. Good fun. You carry um, on. No, that's as I said. I am. There's still time. As I said, two weeks. You got time to paint stuff. Pick a model. Smash some pink on it. Like do something cool, um, and I feel like it's the kind of thing that that lends itself to you know your plasma weapons or your your bloody glowy orbs of fire and your know, fucking that kind of cool shit. You can just mm-hmm. paint something flat out, you know, and don't feel like it needs to be. I have gone stupid with fluorescent pink, but pastels are a thing. Like Look, there is if- there is a whole spectrum of pink. What we are looking. For in the in you know, the so-called judging that will be done is um, more my level of skill, which is very low, uh, not Chase's level. So don't pay too much attention to to his. Forget. I honestly think like the, the piece here though is forget skill level, competency, technical application, any of that stuff. The the piece we're looking for is cool use of pink. Come up with something cool and then do it. Yes. That's 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 basically it. And this is a good chance just to to back yourself, try something. Because yeah. we're probably gonna think it's cool. With if you heard this podcast, we think a lot of shit that is cool. <laughs> like so I feel like you know there 
it's a safe space for everybody. <laughs> we um, love all pink bits. And we want we want yours. Yeah. Um, so very much encourage anyone who is thinking about it, who would be interested, who would just like an excuse to paint something. Here it is. Knock yourself out. I'm actually impressed on how much of the, just the stuff I've painted are not for this. Like I'm just looking at my desk in kind of cabinet. There is a significant amount of actual pink in there. Apparently it's part of my repertoire. I didn't realize you know me, this. I've, I've always been fond of putting pink on a model. I feel like it's you, your bad influence because every time I'm like, oh, what color should I do a thing? Guess what more answer pink. I get? Yeah. More pink. <laughs> Needs more pink. Anywho, that is definitely a thing that we fully encourage you to enter. It's virtual. It's free. It's all of the things that make it very, very easy. Yes. Go forth. And prosper. And, and sure, procreate? No. Um, <laughs> multiply? It's, um, <laughs> it's, no, it's not, not those pink bits we're talking okay, about. Okay, my bad. Uh, other things that I want, well, other thing that I want to mention is next Saturday, so the 25th at this stage, Throw the Dice are doing a Malifaux Brawl. And if you are at all intrigued by Malifaux, Enforcer Brawl or whatever it's called now. It's not called Enforcer Brawl. It's it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, I think, not, it's a brawl. That is the way to have fun. This is sing I like playing Malifaux, like the full game, but I love playing the brawl because it's crazy, it's fun, it's unpredictable. And it just seems to be that sort of level that I just Yes. Look, it is it is not a game to take seriously. But the other thing it is really, really good for, and I will call this out, is if you are relatively new to Malifaux or you're just interested in seeing what it's like, what it does is it exposes you to a lot of different models because everyone's only playing one model, but it's multiplayer, so you get to see a lot of shit happening. Um, But it also is a really, really good way to just get used to the basic mechanic of Malifaux, that whole concept of the cards instead of the dice, but the the, the flips, the positives, the negatives, the cheating fate, that, that kind of core mechanic that makes up Malifaux and really test it to see if that's something that you kind of dig. Um, so it's low, low investment in that it's one model um, and it's you know, if you really, really just want to try it and you haven't even got a model, I, I'm reasonably sure that's not a hindrance. Um, and then it, it's a, a show up and, and play some multiplayer games of craziness where no one really cares who wins or loses. Have some fun, do some stupid shit um, and try it out. If I can quote the post that Rich has put up, um, I'll quote some of it. This is a learning and fun event first and foremost. The game is the day is for fun and trying some really fun, wacky stuff with our crews. It's a learning opportunity if you've never played Malifaux. If you have, then you probably already know that these events are just going to be fun and crazy and definitely, definitely worth getting involved yeah. if you can. Yeah. Tis not for the competitive of heart. No. And that is exactly why it's the best thing in the world. Um, it's one model. Uh, rules that Rich has posted say that that model must be painted. Uh, so if you have a model that you have not painted. Painted uh, pink. Painted and then pink. Done. 
Easy. You're welcome. See, fixed. Um, definitely get along to that. If you can at all make it, it will be a fun day. Regards. That's it. That's it from me. You got anything else you want to add? Did we want to mention any other fun ways that they can interact with the podcast? Fun ways? Well, it could be, maybe. That's what people get kicks out of. I'm not judging. I suppose. Uh, We, both of us, one of us more than the other, do stream on Twitch. Uh, If you want, by all means, follow us on Twitch. And I think probably in the next day or two, be doing some more work on the Ogres if you want to jump in and have a chat. I did put a post up the other day uh, talking about Patreon. So we... Uh, at least I have been asked a couple of times in the past if we had a Patreon that, that people could support us on. Jason and I have had a couple of conversations about this going over the last couple of weeks, and both of us are fairly adamant in the fact that if you are the sort of person that wants to help us out and give us money, there is... We need to give you something for that money. I, I don't want you to give us money and just we keep on doing what we're doing because we're doing this for fun. We're doing this to to have a bit of a laugh, get together and, you know, get, play some games, do some hobby, make sure that we, we keep involved as much as we can in, in the, the hobby side of things. And this is our excuse to do that. Without you giving us money, we're still going to keep doing that. So if you do decide to join us on Patreon, uh, we have put up a couple of tiers that we think hopefully will uh, give you something back for your hard-earned money. And we, the only reason that I have logged us on Patreon in the first place is that if we that money that we get from you guys, we want to put back into you guys. We want to start giving some giveaways, some prizes, run some more competitions, have events uh, that we can use that money on and and basically provide a fun fun time for for as many people as possible. Look, and that was sort of the big piece of the conversation. It's like, what what do we want to do that we can't currently do because we would have to bankroll it ourselves and we're both cheapskates. Um, so that that's kind of the piece there. And so all of a sudden well, there's- We've both got kids. Well, there's that too. And they, it turns out, just money sponges. They don't oh even know it. God. I've got, I've got two birthdays coming up soon too. Ugh. Both of my kids, I planned this really well. Both of my kids' birthdays are within four days of each other. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, yeah, poor planning. Yeah, I know. But, right. you know, you take what you can get. Um, so, yeah, it, it's one of those pieces where it's kind of like it gives us some opportunity to do some more stuff and we totally are up for that part of it. Um, the other half of it is the, the all the other discussion has been around what could we do for those tier levels? What, what would be worthwhile? someone backing um so hopefully you know you have a flick through and what you'll see is some options that will be uh worthwhile throwing some cash at the show um if that is something that at all interests you or you think is worthwhile supporting if you do not think that is worthwhile supporting i 100 percent support that decision first and foremost there is there is absolutely zero pressure 
And, you know, legitimately part of the conversation we've been having is, oh, would you pay for that? Because I'm not sure I would pay for that. Um, so hopefully we've landed on a, on a happy medium where it's it's reasonable. It's um, not, not ridiculous amounts. It's something that is worthwhile for you and it will give us some opportunity to give more back because that's basically all we're hoping to do. Um, rope some more people into doing some more hobby. That's it. Yeah, we're having fun. We're getting honestly. I've gotten a real kick out of the the response that I've had to this podcast in the past. You know, there's there's been a couple of times when my voice has been recognised when I'm out and about in some of these hobby shops, and that does my head in. Like, and but just the the general positiveness that I've heard back from people is is really been sweet and we want to give some of that back to you guys in in whatever way we can yeah so drink from our sweet nectar um yes that's all i got that that's my only addition really Um, i'm 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 not i'm not here to add value (laughs) we know that i need to and i need to have more pineapple in my diet um on that note, let's leave it there. Uh, what I will say is, you know, give us a follow if you haven't already. Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch, like I said. Uh, if you've got any comments, if you've got any uh, pointers, any ways that you think we can play United better. <laughs> if you've got any suggestions on how we can do anything Anything. Like, and I'm talking from painting, gaming, playing a specific game, doing a podcast better. Hell, let's talk about investment and capital and equity. If you think that's something that we could do better, tell us how we can be better humans. Improve us. That's what we're here for, really. It we're here to be better. It we doesn't need you. take much, but we need you to help <laughs> it's a us. Low fucking bar in it. <laughs> um, what we will be doing is if anyone does decide to uh, grace us with a little bit of money on Patreon, we will be acknowledging every new person on the podcast. So we have already had two. So thank you very much, Alice and Fox. Much, much, much appreciated. And like we said, we just you know, we want to give back. These are legitimately my two new favorite humans in the world. Absolutely. On that note, I got nothing more. Nah, I got shit all. But I had that at the start. <laughs> you can just tune into the start of the podcast for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. If you have, if you haven't, uh, it doesn't matter what I say to you then. <laughs> Laters. Gotcha. Oh, man.